This is reporter Jillian Farmer, and today on New Project Media's Interconnections podcast, we have Corey Schaefer, CEO of Nexus Analytics. Corey Schaefer has more than 25 years of experience in engineering, project management, and leadership with expertise in such diverse arenas as renewable energy manufacturing and project deployments, industrial controls, and advanced manufacturing engineering. For the past 15 years, he has focused on the transfer of innovative technologies into commercial scale solutions and products from concept to commercial acceptance. He has held various product and project leadership roles at General Electric, focused on battery and solar technology advancement, renewable grid integration, and alternative energy project development and execution. Prior to starting Nexus Analytics, he developed and led the Latos Engineering, Independent Engineering, and Owner's Advisory Energy Storage Practice. Corey, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to do so. Glad to be here. Uh, Why don't we start out with uh, you telling us about Nexus Analytics. What kind of company is it? Sure. We're a, we're a team of energy storage veterans. Uh, we, we have a lot of subject matter expertise on the topic. Uh, and we provide technical asset management services and consulting services in the form of owner advisory and owner's engineering uh, for a range of stor- storage developers, owners, operators uh, in the market. Wow. And how long has it been around? Uh, we started almost exactly two years ago, uh, myself and another partner, and uh, we've grown a little bit since then. Wow. And can you tell us... Uh, about what what more of what you do, uh, such as when a project is operational, what does Nexus look at as far as performance? Yeah, so again, we're a technical asset management service provider. We have a platform called uh, Best IQ, uh, and and what Best IQ does is it hoovers up all of that operational data from the the point of interconnection, the energy management system, the battery management system, the inverters, all the data that's available, and we provide insights on how the project is historically operated, how it's currently operating, and then projections on future operation. Uh, and and the reasons we do that then is we we give that context to uh, the the offtake uh, obligations, the performance guarantees, the warranties the project might have, uh, so that owners and operators really have a holistic view of of how that project is in fact operating. Perfect, thank you. And can you walk us through why some batteries work and why some don't when it comes to renewable energy projects? Yeah, um, I, I think the thing we always advise our, our clients on is really to understand what the technical performance requirements are for a project prior to making their technology selections. Uh, typically, when we see projects that are underperforming or, or failing even, uh, it, it's when that was that was reversed and, and technology decisions are made prior to really having that, that firm understanding of what you intend to do with it. Um, you know, we think of it a little bit like an, a, a, an automobile analogy. Uh, you're not going to buy a Lamborghini to take the kids to soccer practice on the weekends in the same way that you're probably not going to try to take a minivan, you know, out to the track. You're, you're going to be underwhelmed performance in, in either of those, you know, those two situations. For us, it's really just a matter of understanding the right tools available and the job that you're trying to do with those tools. Storage is no different in that respect. Wow. Thank you. And uh, are you seeing a preferred battery technology right now? 
Yeah, certainly it's been uh, it's been all lithium ion. Oh, not, not I shouldn't say all lithium ion, but it's been vastly uh, favoring lithium ion deployments. You know, up to this point in time, and uh, you know, frankly, that that has made a lot of sense. It's it's been a commercially available product for a long period of time. It's it's well known. It's well understood. The application into grid connected storage uh, was a natural and logical extension. Uh, certainly, pricing has has come down and, and supports that. And there's uh, there's a lot of deployment, uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, a lot of manufacturing capacity out there. So, you know, the, all of the reasons for that have really kind of made lithium ion a pretty compelling solution to date. Um, that said, you know, obviously we're seeing a lot of new technologies coming out um, and and starting to see that shift both as markets evolve, but as uh, as those new products evolve as well. Can you tell us about some of the new technologies that you're seeing? Yeah, so you know we're we're seeing uh, increasing um, increasing uptake for for flow uh, batteries, uh, different electrochemistry starting to uh, to come about as well. Um, you know, some of those are are kind of earlier stage. You know, we're starting to see some of those. You know, not necessarily in operation, although they are to some extent, but not you know, not a, not a huge number of those today. Um, you know, still lithium ion. Uh, you know, going into the ground, and we think that continues to uh, be the case here. You know, off into the distance as well. Uh, we certainly don't see that as a technology that's going to going to leave the uh, leave the scene. We just think it's going to become a much more diverse uh, technology portfolio that's that's deployed throughout the the U.S. and the world, for that matter. Very cool. And there seems to be an increase in battery duration with some batteries having 11 hour duration soon. Why are we seeing the technology change so quickly? Is it due to increased demand? Yeah, it's it's absolutely due to, to increased demand. I think, you know, the way we see it, markets have been evolving. They've been, uh, you know, Figuring out how to apply storage in, you know, in, onto the grid, and as that, as those markets do evolve, as they do mature, um, you know, you're going to see adoption for longer durations. The way we think about it, shorter duration projects made a lot of sense, um, and they continue to to a certain extent. But they were a natural place to start because they they solve real problems. There, ramp rate control and variable renewable generation. Uh, you know, they're a quickly dispatchable capacity resource, frequency regulation, other power quality improvements. They do that really, really well. And on smaller duration projects, that cost is lower. That strictly aggregate dollar total is lower. And now that we've seen those projects you know, go into the ground, they've been successful, they've been deployed, the market's got more confidence in them to deploy larger dollars on larger projects on longer durations just start to make sense. And we think is a natural evolution. We think that absolutely is going to continue into the future as well just to solve those larger bulk energy transmission needs. What is the cost to uh, put on a battery with a longer duration? Uh, so you certainly, it, it depends on the technology and depends on the scale. Um, you know, it's certainly seeing, uh, seeing other technologies that are very competitive with, uh, you know, the two to four hour durations and, and even be, you know, lower than that uh, really kind of depends on the technology that's, uh, that's being de- uh, deployed. Thank you. And uh, right now, which ISO or RTOs are starting to come become more acclimated to project storage, uh, and why are we seeing that? Yeah, California, Texas really have been 
you know, not surprisingly, the uh, you know the earlier adopters here, California has been just a great incubator for uh, I'd say for contracted offtake of storage uh, over the past you know five, six, seven years. We've seen just a, you know an immense amount of uh, progress in that market. Texas has is uh, certainly grown considerably as well, and I think been a, a again just to think about it as an incubator for uh, for merchant market uh, merchant opportunities. Um, that said, you know, those are, those are kind of well-known and I I'd argue pretty mature markets, um, you know, at least on the grid connected storage front, uh, we're starting to see the Northeast, uh, ramp up in volume there. Of course, there have been projects, you know, there for a considerable amount of time, but, uh, we're starting to see those really, uh, you know, become much more, uh, much more, uh, faster growing markets, uh, MISO, uh, and in the Southeast, we're starting to see quite a bit of uh, product to product activity as well. Wow. Uh, And right now, which U.S. developers uh, is Nexus in active talks with about battery storage? And is it in more standalone or uh, versus co-located or a mixture of both? Yeah, good, good question. Um, So in terms of developers, you know, our our client base is, is, there tend to be the larger developers, owners, operators that that you'll see on the NPM platform on a daily basis. So, uh, chances are we've uh, we've talked or done business with uh, with with nearly everybody of of significance out there at this point in time. Um, in terms of what types of projects, co-located or, or standalone, uh, it certainly has been a mixture uh, up to this point in time. Um, that said, we're starting to see a trend towards more standalone projects. I think historically co-located with solar has uh, has been kind of somewhat of a force fit at, at times. Um, you know, done more to to kind of take advantage of of tax credits or or you know potentially you know leverage the existing in uh, existing interconnections that exist there. So there is some economy of scale that that comes along with that. But uh, you know, ultimately we we are starting to see more and more standalone projects. And frankly, if uh, if we do get a tax credit uh, across the finish line here, we think that uh, just adds fuel to that fire. Uh, and are data centers starting to contact Nexus with their emergency battery resources? It's not so much a market that we have played in historically. Um, you know, again, we're we're an asset management uh, uh, company, and that's that's really what we focus on is that asset management product and services. Uh, that said, you know, it, it certainly has application to batteries supporting uh, a data center application, but but not really a market that we've uh, specifically targeted to date. Uh, and you've kind of touched on uh, the increase in battery storage demand. Uh, can you talk a little more about that, why we're seeing it, and how big that demand is going to be in the next few years? Yeah, um, you're certainly going to continue to see that uh, see that demand uh, continue to increase here. We're, we're quite confident in that. Um, new and emerging technologies will find their way into these projects, and we're already starting to see that uh, on a limited scale right now. Um, so yeah, we, we certainly don't see that 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 tampering um, anytime in their future. Lower costs have have absolutely been a driver. Uh, at the end of the day, storage is just such an incredibly flexible, fast responding, dispatchable resource. It's a bi directional resource, and and that just gives utility operators uh, so much um, so much flexibility, uh, and and it just becomes really a valuable great asset. I think now that we've seen uh, you know. A significant amount of capacity go in. Those demonstrated successes are ones that, uh, you know, larger, uh, 
larger utilities, larger operators have been able to demonstrate. Now you're going to start to see those who were potentially a little more risk adverse, uh, didn't have necessarily the scale, we'll, we'll leverage those uh, those project examples to, to start rolling that out on their own as well. Wow, thank you. And can you talk about some of the uh, big projects that Nexus is working on right now? Yeah, we've uh, we've got quite a few uh, exciting things that we're working on, supporting uh, uh, some developers on, on you know larger projects, a couple of storage implementations in in Hawaii that we're uh, we're supporting right now. Uh, they're they're certainly larger standalone projects. Uh, several portfolios of smaller solar storage projects in uh, in New York and the Northeast, uh, which we we think are really interesting as well. Uh, that said, we're also, you know, we have a, a couple of utility clients in, uh, uh, in the Caribbean that we, that we support on operating projects and continue to bring, uh, bring value to help them really understand the assets that they, uh, that they have in, in operation already. Thank you. And one quick follow-up question. Uh, we've seen a lot of vanadium uh, battery technology kind of emerge onto the market. Uh, can you talk a little about that and uh, where that might be going right now in the industry? Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It's certainly a, a product that's been around. The technology that's I would I would argue it's not new. It's been around for uh, for quite some time. Uh, it's been a bit of a struggle, kind of getting to the point that it's uh, it's been adopted in the marketplace. Uh, I think some of that is uh, a, a little bit of you know nobody wants to be first at times. Um, that said. Uh, <laughs> Tough times make uh, make those decisions earlier, and we've certainly seen challenges on uh, on on supply chain here over the past you know past couple of years in COVID times, as the market continues to uh, to to gain. Uh, uh, gain momentum here. I think those supply chain issues are going to are going to likely continue. They're going to force people to uh, to look at other technologies that that perhaps have been around for a while, and and frankly solve you know check many of the boxes that we talked about earlier in terms of lithium ion. Uh, again, vanadium is not a, a new uh, technology per se. Uh, this application at these scales is is a little bit different and and starting to emerge. And and I think you know as as supply chain pressures continue, you'll you'll start to see that. Uh, you know, the people will look, uh, developers will look for other other ways to fulfill that uh, that capacity requirement. And on the topic of the supply chain issues, uh, are you seeing more companies push for uh, manufacturing here in the United States or in Canada? Yeah, as a rule, I'd say developers probably are indifferent <laughs> for the most part about where the where the product is is made uh, as long as it's a, a product that's uh, that's bankable that they uh, they can get a favorable uh, independent engineer opinion on that's that's cost effective and, and meets their timeline and the technical requirements um, that said you know with with especially some of the challenges we've seen over the past couple of years domestic manufacturing or more local manufacturing uh, helps address some of the challenges and uh, while not an outright requirement I, I certainly think the market is going to look at that as a, a favorable situation as long as it can be cost effective and done well Corey, thank you those were all of my questions is there anything you would like to add I don't think I have anything else to add at this time. Uh, just excited to uh, to continue this uh, this storage journey here that uh, that the U.S. is on, and and uh, start to add value, continue to add value wherever we can uh, for both developers, owners, and operators here. Thank you. And uh, this is again Jillian Farmer with New Project Media. Thank you for listening to our Interconnections podcast.